0: Equation. This is our Wednesday night musical osmosis show. And I, of course, am your benevolent host, Nick, the Saucy One Cat Source, humble servant of rock and roll. And I am broadcasting to you, as always, live from the land of mess and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. I do also want to introduce my talented and beautiful producer, the music to my osmosis, Danielle Prizer. How you doing, sweetheart? tonight's show. Okay, what was that again? Oh, I thought I was already in I am super-duper excited for tonight's show. I can't wait to get started. I'm excited, too. Um, we just heard a new one from Narcoleptic Youth, which is one of my all-time favorite punk bands. That was the CIA Kill Dick Clark. And would you like to know how excited I am this evening? Absolutely. Well, as anybody knows who knows me personally, I don't wear pants after 8 p.m., So it's no big secret when I'm broadcasting, I am usually in my boxers, wearing a tank top, Michelob in one hand, and fish sandwich in the other. But since tonight is such a special occasion, I put on pants.
1: Oh, my gosh. Are you serious?
0: Yeah, and I'm wearing my narcoleptic youth t-shirt. So I've gone all out. This is a black tie affair for me. Uh, No fair. All I have is a Wonder Woman t-shirt. Come on, really? Yeah, we're going to have to get you the girl version. Um, you're very out of place right now. Uh, I am. <laughs> all right. Well, first, before we have Joey, we're going to have Joey Bondage on, frontman for narcoleptic youth. I do want to get my little idiot fan voice stick out of the way, just so I'm not idiot fanboying all over him when I am um, interviewing him. So let's move on, and I'll kind of give you a little bit of history on why I like the band so much and how I kind of discovered them. Um. First, we're going to have to kind of set the way back machine here, back to the fantastical year of 2003. And I know we got a lot of younger listeners out there, so let me kind of set the stage for you. It was a strange and primitive time. It was a time before iPhones, before apps could wipe your ass for you. It was an age before (laughs) Facebook and Twitter, and it was actually a time right before humans made its most significant evolutionary leap since the opposable thumb and developed a way for us all to like each other's cat pictures on Facebook. So that was quite a while ago. It was also hey, an yeah, age I don't remember that. Still... Yeah, exactly. Nobody under 25 <laughs> would remember that. And it was an age when you know when we still made fun of Monica Lewinsky and told O.J. Simpson jokes. Um, a little bit of history. The Fast and Furious was only on its second movie. And it was girls from Jersey Shore. They're still giving BJs at their high school underneath the bleacher of pep rallies. <laughs> So quite a while ago. It was also an age of false patriotism um, and indignant moral outrage, but also an age of innocence before the Catholic Church scandal broke. And we were naive enough to think the only people or the only person molesting children at that time was Michael Jackson. So we were definitely more innocent back then, and there was a lot less technology. Um, Anybody out there who's under 25, if you go to your coffee table – Pick up your drink. There is a silver um, round disc underneath your beer. That's called a CD. what is that?
2: Yeah, that's a CD.
0: That's how we used to store music. And no, this wasn't like some – by some ancient voodoo eglycer or some kind of archaic form of alchemy. This was actually how we lived before the digital age. Amazing. And back then, we used to have to actually buy these things called CDs. And the way I found out about narcoleptic youth is there was a site called Interpunk, and they actually had a little radio station. I had been listening to the same bands for probably 10 years. I was kind of getting bored, although I love like Lagwacking and The Piss and The Vindictives and all those groups, no effects. But I wanted to hear something new, and they actually had like a little radio station you can play while you're browsing their site. And they turned me on to some new bands like Manic Hispanic and The Mange, and um, 86 the Crap – from narcoleptic youth came on. And I was like, wow, wow I, I really dig this sound. And of course, I ordered the CD right away, the um, Chronological Disorder CD. And I got it. I listened to it about 50 times in a row. And I really dug the raw, straightforward sound of it. It wasn't pretentious. I remember going um, and seeing 15. I actually saw him in a church in DC, which was appropriate because all Jeff Ott did for about an hour was preach. And there was, like, no pretension. I was just straightforward, raw, like, pick up your guitar and blow the audience away. And for 10 years, you know, I know it's been a while since they've done that album. But everything I listened to before that, of course, this was before stealing music. Everything that I got from them and everything I listened, I really dug. And actually, this is one of my favorite songs by them, probably in my top 10 favorite songs. We're going to have Joey up after this song. This song is Visions of a Gun by Narcoleptic Youth. And after this song, we will be cueing in Joey. All right, here we go. (laughs) and <laughs> am youth our phone number here is 646-478-3554 if you have any questions for frontman joey bondage or if you're the shy type go ahead i've got my facebook open you can leave some questions for him on there and i will be more than glad to ask him and joey how you doing can you hear me
1: yeah i got you can you hear me all right
0: i can hear you splendidly my friend splendidly how are you doing
1: i'm great how are you
0: I'm doing awesome, man. I'm really stoked about this interview. Um, we've got a lot to go through. I know you got a lot of great stories. I did want to start off by kind of asking you guys a question, asking you a question specifically, since you guys have been around for so long and the scene has changed <laughs> so much. Is it harder to do just kind of this straightforward, raw punk with how much music has changed? I mean, how's the audience changed? How's your rece- you know the reception to this type of music changed? Are you guys still going strong, or are you getting some resistance?
1: Uh no, it it, uh, it hasn't really changed at all for us because we've always just done our own thing. When we started out, we weren't really doing what was popular within the punk scene anyway, so we don't really pay any attention to that stuff. And I suppose that's why people like us, <laughs> you know. Definitely. Um, we just, um, I mean, it's, I don't know how much things have changed. Um, there's been ups and downs along the way. The biggest changes we've seen have to do with, I guess, when uh, clubs will close down and stuff uh, in certain cities, um, they, uh, you know, you start to lose fan bases sometimes because of that, because the punk scene just kind of dies out uh, in those areas. I don't want to say die out, but it just, it doesn't, you know, we had some really big scenes in certain places. And then when the clubs got shut down, um you know, it just, you go back there and it's just not as big as it was before, you know.
0: Right. Is it still, are you bringing in a lot of younger kids or is your audience yeah, it's, mostly the people who followed you for years? No, it's still, uh, we're, we still bring in a young crowd. But
1: the cool thing now is that we do have the, the older crowd now also, because when we started, we only had the young kids and, uh, right, you know, so those kids have grown up now, and they can drink legally and all that <laughs> so they're uh, you know they're they're coming to our bar shows now and which we couldn't do before in the in the past, we could never do a bar show because
2: nice. nobody would
1: come um but now it's like the that younger crowd it's uh they're able to show up at the eighteen and up and twenty one and up shows uh We prefer not to do bar shows; we like the all ages shows better, but unfortunately, just because of the way things are, a lot of times it's hard to find those all ages shows um a lot of the like I said, a lot of those clubs have kinda of got shut down. We had some for a while we had a really great ring of shows going between the showcase in Corona and uh the Glasshouse in Pomona and uh Chain Reaction in Anaheim and two of those clubs, the Glasshouse and Chain Reaction, basically kinda of stopped doing punk shows. They would do one every now and then kind of just sporadically throw something out there like but um they were having a lot of problems with the crowds that were coming and um we were kind of specifically blamed for some of that, some of those problems. Not us, but really? the fans. You know, yeah, just you know, oh, not you. Bathroom. Well, not us. No, actually, the clubs liked us. We were, you know, we're nice boys, but <laughs> it was the fans that were kind of breaking bottles in the parking lot and that kind of stuff. And
2: the gotcha. kids. Well, they
1: they, you know, yeah, and they shot themselves in the foot though, because what happened was, you know, then the other clubs would raise their prices and stuff because they knew that. Those kids had to go somewhere else to see the show. So it was really foolish, you know, on their part. But yeah, like you say, it's kids, you know, what are you
0: going to do? I mean, <laughs> well, let me we ask you all 10 that years and... ago, 10 years ago when I discovered you guys, when I started listening to you, um, you guys had a lot of material for sale on Interpunk. And I just went on there the other day and I didn't see too much going on there from any band. It looks like that site's kind of dying. And, of course, MySpace was a huge thing. I wrote you guys a few times, and I really thought it was cool you guys wrote me back, not having any clue. You know, I was a complete stranger to you. But, um, how, like, how much has it changed now that there's really no MySpace, no Interpong? Uh, Facebook's not really band-friendly like MySpace was interactive in those days. Has that been a drag on you guys or made any kind of difference?
1: Oh, it's funny. Like you mentioned interpunk. Like, I don't think we ever put anything on there for sale <laughs> personally. Um, really? whatever you, yeah, well, but whatever you got on there, I mean, it was legit. I'm sure it was probably from like our record labels or whatever that, um, you know, they put stuff on there, which is, you know, that, that's fine. We just, um, we've, we've always been kind of bad about that stuff, marketing ourselves that way and everything. We just, we're, we're really just musicians and we don't, uh, we don't know that side very well, but, um, uh, as far as the other stuff goes, like um, MySpace, gosh, I, I used to love MySpace because I liked the format that it provided artistically, like on your page layout and stuff. You could have a really cool-looking page and put your graphics behind it and everything. I always thought Facebook looked really lame, and God knows why. For whatever reason, I don't know what happened with MySpace, but it's like they tried to copy Facebook as far as making it look generic. And, it was boring and- one yeah, and once they did that, the other problem is it just stopped working. I mean, like we couldn't even we couldn't I couldn't save things. I tried and change something and there was no save button. <laughs> so the whole thing was just got really stupid and we ended up uh we totally abandoned our MySpace site. I mean, it's still there. You can still listen to the songs, but I have, you know, I don't really have anything to do with that anymore. Um we put a thing on there that says, you know, due to the fact that uh, MySpace <laughs> just went to hell, you know, we've abandoned this, go to Facebook. Or there's another cool site called punkrockers.com. And that right. one is more yeah. in the format of what, yeah, that's yeah. more like what MySpace used to look like as far as like you can build your page and have really cool graphics on there and stuff, which I really dig, you know? So, um, I like that kind of stuff. So, uh, I'm on, uh, punkrockers.com. If anybody's on there, they can add us on there. Um, and, uh, Jason, our guitarist and I, uh, we run the the Facebook for the most part. Um, I I'm the, I don't have a personal thing on um, on Facebook myself, just because uh, when I had the I had a MySpace one and I just got um, I felt bad because a lot of people would want to chat or whatever. I just didn't have time, and I don't want them to think I'm like a snobby jerk or whatever. It's just that I didn't have time, you know, because I do have a life. Yeah, I mean, that's one vibe. <laughs> and, nobody uh, was
0: getting off you guys, definitely. I mean, you guys are like so down to earth. Yeah, we do
1: talk to people like it, you know, on Facebook. We'll we'll write back and stuff, and uh, we're, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's just when I had my own personal one, it got to be a little bit too much. But um, Jason's on there. You can, like Jason has his own personal one, and um, you can see what antics he's up to. And, um, Definitely, John, our drummer, you guys are he's got one too. also
0: on Last FM too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're on. Uh, yeah, we've got all that stuff. Last FM and um, uh, what's the other, Reverb Nation. Um, yeah, we've got those sites too. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as how you know, you're asking how it's changed since MySpace. Um, actually, I mean, Facebook has come along pretty good. We had a, it kind of sucks because the MySpace thing, we had a lot of, you know, we had a good following going there and then we, we had to kind of dump it. So we're kind of, we kind of had to start over with Facebook. Um, but, uh, it works to get the message out about what's going on. And, um, yeah, I just hate the, the format's way it looks.
0: not as that's, good.
1: Yeah, I I just hate the way it looks. But um, other than that, I mean, it's good to get communication out and everything.
0: Yeah, and everybody jumped ship. Like in one month, everybody was on MySpace, and I logged <laughs> yeah, in, and there yeah. was like friggin' tumbleweeds going across oh, the yeah, screen totally MySpace. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I'm <laughs> like, where yeah. the hell every? And I swore I wouldn't get a Facebook. Everybody's like, come on over to Facebook. I'm not getting a Facebook. I'm not getting a Facebook. <laughs> They drag me over there, and then I start writing people, yep. and they're like, no, no, you don't write people here. You like each other's cat pictures. And oh, no, 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 no. I did it all. I did Facebook. I did the MySpace. I did Friendster. I did – if you name it. If it was some sort of Friendster. social network, I, I probably have a page there. It's pretty sad. Wow, you were unpopular. <laughs> you did Friendster. <laughs> Talking about um Jason, he actually posted a comment on my link telling me to ask you about Bakersfield. About Bakersfield? That's what he said um, to oh, ask you about well, Bakersfield on the show.
1: Oh oh, 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 I guess I know what this is about. Oh, I thought maybe he was asking about a show because I just got a text from him. <laughs> he might be thinking, "Hey, can you do the show in Bakersfield or what?" <laughs> um, yeah, well, he's probably talking about. I, I would imagine um, if you want a good story. Well, Junior probably doesn't Definitely. want me telling this one. But <laughs> <laughs> we we're in uh, we were playing in, in uh, Bakersfield one time, and we we're staying at a hotel up there, and um the middle of the night um we heard uh jason screaming <laughs> he was uh, we had i was we you know he had there's two beds in there and i was sleeping in the bed that with john our drummer and jason and jason, is in Is other a hotel or a house <laughs> it's a hotel you know there's two beds in there and um and he said something like get the fuck off me or something like that <laughs> and found out like uh, i guess uh, Junior was trying to cuddle with him a little bit.
2: <laughs> Who was?
1: Our, our bass player, Junior. He was trying to spoon him or something.
2: <laughs> oh, God. He was well, in the middle of the night. He yeah. exactly.
1: no, it does, no, it doesn't stay in Bakersfield. It goes broadcast all over the world, you know. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: He, 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 was, he was one of those things where you're asleep, you know, and you forgot where he was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So he don't says. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he says. We'll see. that right. so was um. All I know is whenever we, we hotel,
0: now, you know, whenever we got a
1: hotel. Now, go ahead. Guys, whenever we got it, a hotel, it's always uh. I'm not. I'm. I'm in the bed with Jason or John. <laughs> I'm not in Junior sleeping over there.
2: <laughs>
1: he's on the cot. Leave
2: it on the
0: floor. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the cot. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know no, if you guys ahead. noticed. Yeah, I, was, I was on um youtube and i saw that somebody leaked a video of you guys doing uh, cia kill dick clark like from your band practice place and it was like sideways sticking out of i don't know like a purse or something you could only see like half of the screen do you guys know anything about that
1: oh you scared me for a minute when you said i thought maybe they leaked something else but
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nothing oh, boy. i think no i
1: think i think that was our, our drummer did that or something i think john did that <laughs> Gotcha. He put okay. that I didn't out. know
0: if you guys knew. Yeah. I, I ran across that. I was like, What the hell is yeah. this? Sideways. You could barely like make it out it was like normal left the cues.
1: Yeah, I think he was just excited oh, okay. to get it out. You know, the great the great thing about that song is like when we play it live, usually uh, you, you ask the crowd, do you want to hear a a new song and and nobody wants to hear a new song, you know. So that one only takes like forty seconds of your life away and you know? <laughs> They don't, you know, if favorite. you don't want to hear a new one, yeah, you know, no. it works. though, it's cool because uh, we had to get that one out right away because it was a very timely song. It's all about the the Mayan calendar and, um, and you know, Illuminati conspiracy to kill Dick Clark so that Ryan Seacrest could become the Antichrist or whatever. <laughs> hey, I liked it.
0: Yeah, well, that's a cool. timeless conspiracy.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Did What's you guys catch the little the uh, video? Gu- did- hey? Did you guys catch the little guitar bit in the middle? Do you know where that's from? What is that from? It's uh, it's the American Bandstand music. Oh, do, do, my do, God. Do, 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 do. That's
0: what it <laughs> was.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome.
0: That is yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anyone back. is. Nobody under yeah, 35. Is yeah, the kids won't right. know it. Yeah, yeah the Hey, kids I'm won't 34, that. and I know what that's from, so there. <laughs> well, there you, you were hip <laughs> as a kid.
2: Uh, if you know oh, what that yeah.
0: is at 34. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, that
1: was uh, Barry Manilow, if I'm not mistaken, wrote that. They're probably the nice. Royalty or something.
0: <laughs> What's going on with the video? Is this just something you put on YouTube or how did this get done and where has this been distributed? Is this something we can see anywhere besides YouTube or
1: Oh yeah. Well the the video well you can get it on our website, narcolepticyouth.com. dot com. But um yeah, we just put it on on uh YouTube um just because it like I said, it was kind of a, a timely matter. We wanted to get it out uh whenever we did, which was like uh, November or December or whatever, you know, right, right before the, the world ended on, you know, December 21st or whatever it was.
0: Um, right. right. The Mayan boogeyman was going to get us all. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Woo-hoo. So we wanted to get it out right,
1: <laughs> yeah, right before that happened. <laughs> um, so we put, so we made a video. I told the guys, I said, I got this new uh, video editing system. Uh, and I said, you know, come over to my, we filmed it at my house actually uh, down here in San Diego. And, you know, come over to my house, and um, I made a green screen out of just green cloth and uh, just it was all like duct tape together with green duct tape. Nice, and hung it on the side of my house, and we just set up on the side of my house with my PA system and cranked the PA system.
0: <laughs> and, Actually, so this was uh, all I, DIY, then.
1: Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. And I did all the editing and everything. And then um, it's kind of funny, my neighbor said, We have uh, I've got some land because I'm an avocado rancher, so. Um, <laughs> My neighbor, um, he said, "Yeah, I heard. Uh, do, you, do you got a band or something?" <laughs> I said, uh, "I said, oh well, yeah, that was, um, you know, that was our PA system." He said, "Yeah, it sounds like you're playing the same song over and over again."
2: <laughs>
1: and nice. uh, so that's what we were doing. We had to get different takes, you know, different angles and everything. So we had to play the song like a thousand times, and uh, it was it was it was really hot. It was uh, it was fun, but it was really hot that day, so that was a little uncomfortable. But I think I thought it came out good. We had we had fun
0: with it. Yeah, I really dug the video. I thought the label or somebody else was responsible for it. I'm kind of surprised you guys just put it together in your backyard.
1: Yeah, no, we do a lot of stuff like that. It's, uh from the from day one, we've been a very DIY band, you know. Um, that's what yeah, punk I mean, is, I, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's you know, what I, I'm talking I, I don't about really... with you guys, always being raw and straightforward. I mean, do you think there's still a huge scene out there like that? Are you guys kind of like a dying breed? Are you guys dinosaurs? I don't see a lot of punk bands even really putting albums out anymore, not the ones that I grew up with at least.
1: Um yeah, actually, well, the, no, there are there there are a lot of good bands out there in the underground. Um you know, there's bands we play with all the time, Slow Children, there's a new band called um Tartar Control who are hilarious. They got it's these two guys that are like um they dress like Mormons kinda of. they've got this a robot that's a like a drum machine and uh I think it plays bass and the, so they got a guitar player and a singer and then the robot plays drums and bass, I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> and it's uh, hilarious.
1: Cool. I mean and, and you know, it's like it, there were back in the day there were a lot of bands that did really wacky stuff like that. Um uh Joe and the chicken heads from Orange County, they're they're still playing, um they're called the radioactive chicken heads now, but they all dress like these crazy like carrot One's a carrot and one's a chicken and all <laughs> these weird things, you know. Um, but there's a Whatever lot of... Whatever uh, you Yeah, there Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, kids still doing it, though. They're still out there. They're still making music. It, um, you know, we play with them all the time. Uh, as far as bands making albums, um, I don't know. I mean, I can only speak for us, really, why, you know, it took us forever to get this new album out, I and mean, it's still not out yet, but to get it recorded. And that's just because of our own personal issues. It had nothing to do with... Um, you know the the scene or whatever or money or anything like that it was just our own problems we had that, that slowed us down but um you know yeah it's definitely out there i mean at least here in california i can't speak for the rest of the world but um out here we we definitely have a scene going
0: i mean i crave to see new punk music and sometimes i'll get on youtube and just kind of put punk 2013 or I'll try and it's always like some kid whining eating soup or something I don't understand it I'm like what's go- this is not a punk <laughs> what is going on here and I it's just you know like I said I listen to you guys I'm like this is straightforward punk I like the Vindictives a lot that was another band I grew I mean I really like snotty sarcastic music and I just it doesn't seem like the kids have the testosterone or the wit about them now? I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and crimity or something, but it just doesn't seem like the kids have that same kind of raw yeah. sarcasm that was going on 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, I
1: don't know. The they, uh, it, it is out there. You do have to search a little bit, though. You need to come out to California and come to some shows. There's a lot of great shows out here.
0: Well, that's speaking on my bucket list, music,
1: actually. Though, uh, speaking of looking for music, though, uh, you know, if you're looking for new bands, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was that we've got this, we're on a new um, compilation for It's off of a website called punkAid.org. Um right, And there's definitely. 117 bands on this compilation, um, 117 from around the world. So if you're looking for something new, I'd, I'd check that out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm okay, looking so at it right now. On that. I, and you know, it, for anybody that's listening, the digital download is only six bucks. I mean, if yep. you can't afford that, then you need to skip Starbucks tomorrow.
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah, you want to know like the really bad thing? Is, <laughs> I can't afford it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's less than a pence. Yeah. Yeah, except if you're like me and you're living off of right now, you're getting your groceries from, uh, you know, uh, birthday um, gift cards to Target.
0: <laughs> and you got to go to
1: Target to do your grocery shopping. And you can't afford right. the six
0: bucks right now, <laughs> but I am getting it. Well, I'm definitely going an to check it out. So, yeah. how did the whole yeah, let me aid, um thing come about? I know it has it's a benefit for um, Boston.
1: Yeah. For the yeah, bombing so, well, benefit, if you can give
0: us some background?
1: Yeah. On. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how it happened. I actually, um, the original thing it was supposed to be for Boston, and this this all comes back to a guy named well, Mike Rothstein or um, Mike Virus. Um, um, he was the he was a singer for the virus and also cheap sex and he's currently in a band called yeah, evacuate. I
0: remember those guys. And
1: uh, yeah, he's the mastermind behind the whole thing. Um, I don't want to take any credit for this other than helping to. I mean, I'm just trying to help uh, support the cause. But um, we just donated a track, but he did all the all the footwork on this thing and he got all these bands on here. And um, originally, it was he had set it set out to help out the the victims of the Boston bombing thing that happened. Um, well, but what happened was in the process of while he was getting it all together, um, the, the tornadoes that came through Oklahoma and just devastated that area that was happening right around, around the same time. And he had discovered that, you know, the Boston people had really been well taken care of by a lot of charity organizations and everything already. They were kind of already set. In fact, I think they stopped taking donations at some point. So he felt it was kind of, you know, it it just wasn't really right to be sending more money there when it was when that was taken care of and the people in Oklahoma were in so desperate need of help. So he kind of put out a little feeler question on his Facebook thing, asking people who were involved, you know, what do you, what would you think about changing up the percentage? So it's a different split of money and have some of it go to uh, the Oklahoma people. So uh, people kind of overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly said, yeah, that's a great idea. So he knocked it down to like a 20%, 80% split. So 20% goes to, I'm not exactly sure where it goes. It goes to Boston, but it's, um, you know, kind of to help the general community of Boston. That 20%, right. like I think maybe like a small business fund type thing to help them out, cool. just to help the people there. And then, But then the other 80% is going to uh, a charity that um, is helping the people in Oklahoma. And if you join, if you get on the, the Facebook page on Punkate, he's posted up, you know, he's you can rest assured that your money's going to the right place. He's posted up the, the PayPal receipts and everything. And they've already raised a thousand dollars in the first week, which is great, so yeah, that's um, awesome. well,
2: hopefully
0: this show will get the word out and um
1: yeah, I'm definitely yeah. gonna
0: pick it up tonight
1: yeah he he the goal i guess they wanna try and reach ten thousand, so yeah, anybody out there if um you know please get it, it's only six dollars there's hundred and seventeen bands from around the world, and it's got some great bands like the unseen the addicts, the defects um the virus, the briggs vice squad um. The Threats, Channel yeah, 3, Total Chaos. I didn't even know how those
0: bands were still around.
1: Yeah, yeah. His band Evacuates Amazing. On It, The the Forgotten, The Scarred. I mean, there's there's a ton of great bands on there. Of course, in our band, Narcoleptic Youth. Um, And just and so, you know, also there's a lot of bands you haven't heard, too, you know, some really underground stuff. So, like I said, if you're looking for new music, this is the place to go. And you can get it at, it's punkaid.org, P-U-N-K-A-I-D.org. And, it's only and that six link bucks is also downloads. on the
0: show site. Great, the show, yeah. And, uh, and
1: it, page, yeah, and you get when you uh, download it, you also get out there's like album artwork and everything, which I believe uh, Justin from the band The Scarred, I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with that. Uh, there were a lot of people like that volunteering, you know, and helping out. Um, it's a great cause, and it's great to see the the punk community come together and you know and help these people out. And uh, but like I said, it's all Mike Virus, um, Mike Rothstein, the the singer from uh, Cheap Sex, The Virus, Evacuate. He's the guy that to set it all up. So, you know, join him on his Facebook page and uh, send him a, you know, a little back pat or something too, you know.
0: And on, I'm definitely going to do that. And I hope everybody out there listening, I know everybody can go out and steal music these days, but (laughs) when it comes to something like this, you should really just whip out the credit card, let go of the $6, help out and pick it up. And I'm going to be posting all over my um, Facebook page. Everybody knows, what a pain in the ass I can be when I want to get something done. So I'll definitely put That's that great. on Thanks there. Thanks for helping. No, no, definitely. It's a good cause. I want to help. Um, I want to play another song from you guys. This actually, McAnarchy has one of my favorite all-time punk lyrics, which is, I believe in an anarchy, but I also like McDonald's. I actually wrote you guys that like 10 years ago. I was like, oh my God, this is the best friggin' lyric ever. So we're going to go into this song. I'll give you, like, a two-minute break to grab some water or whatever. And we will be right back with Jelly Bondage. If you want to call in, 646-478-3554. Or, like I said, if you're shy, leave something on the Facebook. I will definitely ask them, no matter how silly. No question is too ridiculous, right, Jelly?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> okay. Here comes some more narcoleptic youth.
2: Because I'm so excited, you just got so stand beside It doesn't matter what you cause I'm oh yeah
0: All right. That was McAnarchy. We are on live with Joey Bondage. Um, Let me ask you guys something. I'll ask you via the band. A lot of your older stuff had not a whole lot of political lyrics to it, but you guys did kind of touch on the political. Is there going to be any of that on the new album, or are you guys just kind of saying straightforward, fun, punk rock?
1: Oh, um, you know, it's funny, I actually just real quick talking about McAnarchy. I actually hate McDonald's, by the way. I just don't. Um,
0: <laughs> I, uh,
1: I call it McDog food. I try not to eat there, you know, nice. if possible, but um Not for any, like, political reasons or anything like that. But it's just that what I was saying in that song is, like, people who are, like, they claim that they're anarchists or whatever. But they, at the same time, they totally suck from everything that uh, the civilized government, society, whatever is provided, you know. Um, I'm just just trying to be honest about it, you know. Um, But uh, this Kind of cracked me up there's a line from a Dead Kennedy song something like I try to stop the system But my amp needs electric power You know something like that Um, Right. But anyway to answer your question About um, uh, The new album gosh you know what's really Funny is it's it's all over the Place Um, when um, When we were putting together the track listing This was actually kind of a problem for us recently Because usually we try to have the songs kind of Go together in some sort of Order that makes sense to us And we really couldn't because it's just all over the place. It's got some of the really, like, funny songs on there. There's a song called Kathy Got a VD" and um, uh, the song Little Chinese Man, which is just a total joke, you know, (laughs) hilarious song. Yeah, we'll be playing that um, at the
0: end of the show. Yeah, yeah,
1: but then there's some serious stuff, too. I mean, the the title of the album is One Nation Under Nothing, um, which is just kind of like just saying, like, what's going on right now, you know, with, with everything in our country. And, you know, it's, it seems like everything's kind of falling apart. And at the same time, it's like, you wonder if it's, if it's all planned that way, you know, if there's some bigger scheme going on if you're into the conspiracy theory stuff. And um, so yeah, it does touch on political stuff like that, but not really, I, we've never really come out and been like any one way politically. Um, if anything, we, we kind of were more interested, or at least lyrically, I'm more interested in um, like social type uh attitudes of people and i and i'd rather just make people think themselves instead of coming right out and saying hey you shouldn't like this political candidate or shouldn't like that political candidate i think when you do that a lot of people are just turned off if you if you already you know support that person or whatever you're just going to go i'm not going to listen to this band you know on the other hand if the way i prefer to come at it is is talking more about the actual issues involved and saying uh, trying to get people to think about it from that perspective. And that's the way I think you really change minds is just to get people to think about um, the core issues and not, not the politics of, you know, what, what party are you going to vote for or something like that, you know? Has um, so, it yeah, harder
0: or easier for you to write with everything that's going on? Is there more of a pool to pull from with so much just insanity going on with the 24 hour news media feed, conspiracy theories? I mean, Washington's out of hand. Is that making it easier for you to write or is it kind of like stifling you cuz it's overload?
1: Uh no, I'd say it probably makes it easier but I but like I said that song that particular song is just it's really broad in general it doesn't talk about any one specific thing. That song it's kind of like the big picture, you know, like what's going on It's one nation under nothing. The title actually came from uh it's kind of interesting. Uh, I was I was walking through a parking lot and I saw a sticker on the back of a car that at one time had said one nation and it had a line on top of it and it said, I God on top. So it's like one nation under God, you know, but the right. rain and the weather and everything had like from the, you know, just weathered it out. And it was, um, the God part was totally erased. So it said one nation under nothing. And I just thought, wow, that's, that's kind of, I don't know, just seemed that's like cool. a an pro- prophetic message or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ominous. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, one nation under nothing. Like, you know do we have any direction at all, like you know <laughs> what's going on here um, nice. let me, let me, really I'm cool. trying to think of what i try to think of some of the songs as far as what the subject matter is um uh let's see there's um gosh, I probably can't shouldn't say what some of the stuff's about <laughs> um, oh
2: boy.
1: uh let's see well like well, you know what the first track primates is actually kind of uh, kind of the same thing too, but from a little different angle, that one was actually started. The idea was started by Binky the elf our one of our original guitarists who is no longer in the band. But at the time this, that shows you how long we've been working on this album. You know, we, he left the band a long time ago. And, um, but the first couple lines of that were his, he said, uh, I feel like Jane Goodall observing all the monkeys in a concrete jungle where only trees are caged. And uh, I like that. And I, and I just kind of took it from there and, I said manipulate behaviors with a fistful of bananas or a handful of dollars. Cause it's pretty much the same. And, uh, the rest of the song is, uh, it's just saying like, are we, are we really, you know, some people believe in evolution. Some people believe in God's creation and, and I'd say it's a combination, but I'm not sure we've even evolved at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and that's kind of what, that's the lyric of the song basically. Um, so
0: it, it's a lot of
1: it's just kind of looking at like where we are as a, at least as a country or as a planet or whatever, you know.
0: Are these songs all written fairly recently, or are these stretching back 10 years since your last album?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, that that one goes back to when Binky was still in the band, and so, yeah, that goes back um, pretty far. I mean, gosh, I don't know how many years. It's got to be at least, yeah, almost, yeah, close to almost 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, at least like eight or nine years, I'd say, that one stretches back that far um and some of them are really recent like we wrote some of the songs right before we went in the studio the last two songs like dick clark and one nation under nothing i brought those out like right at the 11 o'clock hour you know
0: right, right did you feel a lot we of pressure to put out new lyrics or was it just coming easy to you
1: no it was just an inspirational type thing it just um we had a full album up to that point The altogether we're supposed to have like 15 tracks on this um so we could have had, you know, 13 track album, but like those last two, it was just an inspiration thing. I don't sit down and write music like um or write lyrics just like I'm going to write a song today. I can't do that. I, everything just comes when it's ready. I I don't ever put that pressure on. I I've I've never had to because we never like I said we've always been at DIY, not we haven't had a label thing, you need an album by next week, you know.
0: Right. Um but, Very organic. but maybe I think
1: Yeah, and that might be something to do with why it comes out, you know, I think good, you know, is that um, there isn't that pressure just to throw something together and get some crappy lyrics down or whatever. It's um, I write when I feel it, you know, and I just – when I feel something coming, I'll I'll write a song. Um, This one has a lot more music written by the rest of the band. I can tell you that's different. I wrote a few of the tracks just myself, but the early stuff I wrote, a lot of it – and I don't know how to write music. I mean, I just – but for punk rock, I guess it's good. People like it, but – (laughs) <laughs> um, the rest of the guys are way they're way better at writing music than I am, so I was more than happy to step back and be like, hey, go for it, you know. And so they wrote a lot of the stuff. It's great Ooh, stuff. Do you guys and have a release you know, date yet? <laughs> yeah, like uh, a couple months ago.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, well, we're this that's we've been having a big problem with this. We're supposed to get. Uh, you know, this thing is supposed to be out in spring and we finished recording it in October. We've been kind of fighting with, uh, you know, trying to get tracked down the, uh, the files that we need because we had to send it to someone else for mixing. And we finally got them all except for one, which was left up, So we're trying to get that missing file, which was actually CIA killed Dick Clark. Um, but it's in the hands of uh, Paul Miner who's going to do the mixing right now. And in fact, just today I got an email from him where he sent, the first rough little mix to, um, to check out of, of what he's done. Um, so now I just talked to Dr. Strange and, you know, I don't know when he he seems to be pretty open right now. So, um, for putting, for releasing it. So I'd say, um, hopefully, you know, by fall, you know,
0: cool. I think that would give us enough time. We'll stay on top of it. Um, I know you guys, I guess, have a good relationship with the Addicts. I saw the "Punks Not Dead" mu- uh, movie, and there seemed to be a lot of you and the Addicts in it. And I know you guys did a tour with them. Did you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah, that was um, that was a lot of fun. It was they did a, a West Coast tour at one point, and he um, did uh, we did a few of the dates on there. Not a whole we didn't do a whole thing. I don't know, maybe four or five shows or something like that, but. Um, that was uh, really cool they they've always been one of my favorite bands them and the toy dolls are the two, are my two favorites anybody that knows me knows that that's always been the case so just to even get to play with them was a big deal um we played with them other times outside of that too uh, outside of the tour um we played at the showcase and um and uh the house of blues and i don't know maybe oh a couple other places in uh, around california we, we opened for them a few times but I knew, when I was a kid, I never even thought I'd get to to see them play live. You know, I'd hear sister my sister's stories about how great they were, and um, and I was really bummed because I thought I'd kind of miss the boat on that and would never get to see them. So to later, you know, to, to get to play with them and kind of get to know them, and um, I got to record some back vocals on on one of their albums, the Roller Coaster album. Um, just to hang out with them, I mean, it's, it's, as Jason, our guitarist, puts it, he says it was like my uh, make a Make a Wish Foundation Day for me, right? You know, um, it's like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, <laughs> getting to hang out with—if you can imagine—I don't know who your favorite band is, but you know, like, just picture. Oh, now I'm getting to hang out with them. It's you know, it's so cool. Um, I know you said you're like a fanboy or whatever. I'm I'm totally. I've got, I've got like shrines in my room. I've got a whole like attic section of autograph record. <laughs> Every time we play with one of these bands who are my heroes, you know, I I I run up and get their autograph like like a little girl going to the Beatles, you know
0: right yeah and i'm i'm a total fanboy too i'm the same way with bands i like i met agent orange like 15 years ago at the riverview in virginia beach and i could barely i was like
2: hello mr orange i'm nick hi <laughs> i could barely get
0: my freaking words out of my mouth and i was like you guys influence my band where are you even steven <laughs> oh yeah whatever kid you know like <laughs> me a jersey like the old um pepsi like, all right kid here you go right. <laughs> yeah there
1: you go <laughs>
2: Glad yeah no oh yeah
1: Agent Orange yeah. too yeah they're, yeah like we played with them too I mean it's like and all these bands it's like uh I'm that's one of the coolest things about being in this band is that I've got to to meet my heroes you know and uh, they've all been really cool to me every one of them I haven't had a bad experience yet with any of these bands um they've all been super nice I mean I, I think the Addicts I, I don't know if they just knew I was a big fan or what but Pete from the Addicts was super cool to me and to invite me into the recording studio and
0: wow. Um,
1: yeah, I mean that was so. I mean, it, I I can only imagine that he just knew, I guess, that I was a huge fan and what how important that would be to me. And I, that's all I can guess. I don't know because I didn't really know him at that time. I'd, I'd sent him some some stuff over the internet, some uh, some articles of theirs from England back in the day that I got from someone else, and that's kind of how I got in contact with them. Um, he was like, "Where are you getting this stuff from?" You know, <laughs> and and uh, next thing I knew, I was just kind of chatting with them online, and then. Uh, you know got to record with them and toured with them and all that stuff and got to uh you know hang out at his house one time and or actually a time. you know and he taught me some, some stuff on photoshop <laughs> he's a genius photoshop guy um cool and uh then and then jason puked in his rose garden <laughs> ah yep the roses. so now we're not invited back to that. the house anymore <laughs> 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 i, I didn't in over well, the funny thing about that was we were um, we uh, we had dinner. He had a special dinner thing before the tour, and uh, so Jason, I guess, threw up in his in his flowers outside because he drank too much, and I didn't even know about it. And the next day we're in uh, San Diego, and uh, he comes up to us. Or he comes up to me. He's like, "All right, which one of you lot puked all over me rose bushes?"
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Classic. And I looked at him like I didn't know what he's talking about. I'm like I'm like I I don't know. And uh, and Jason was with me, and Jason goes I don't know. And so he walked away, and then Jason Jason starts laughing. He's like it was me. Oh, <laughs> like I <wow>. did it. <laughs> and then so he found out later, and it's cool now. You know we had a laugh. You know we laughed about it, and but that was that was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> well, yep. Definitely a fan. Like I said in the monologue, I'm wearing pants for this occasion, so high praise. Oh yeah! And by me. the way, by the way,
1: you're wearing yeah, you're wearing pants, and I'm not.
0: So there
1: you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, well, even shit,
0: Even right? <laughs> yeah, I totally misjudged. It, it's it. hot out here. It's hot out here in California. <laughs> well, damn. Let me ask you. Uh, you know, you guys have that sound out there, the addicts, and you guys obviously, and then you've got the whole Epitaph Fat Records thing. Is there a division? Because I don't see a lot of, like, the addicts with lag or, you know, anything kind of like that. Is there a division between those kind of well-polished punk bands and what you guys do, where you guys don't kind of mix well on a ticket, on a show?
2: Or is it uh, yeah,
0: I'd
1: say that, no, nah, that's probably true. Um, I think a lot of times those bands that you're talking about, like, you know, the Epitaph bands or whatever, I think when they get a show together, it's kind of like uh, – their own little crew or whatever is who's going to play with them. You know, that's just – and that's kind of the way it is with us too, you know. Um, yeah, it's just like circles that don't mix, I guess, you know. You don't really um, – I think a lot of our fans don't like that kind of music. You know, the fans of the addicts aren't really into that for the most part. I mean, there's always some, but um, it uh, – yeah, that kind I of I mean, stuff, could you do a like no-effects,
0: narcoleptic youth ticket and bring people to the shows and have a good time? or do you think it would just be mixing two styles that you would just have too much conflict it wouldn't make sense to You do know
1: honestly I just I really don't know I have no idea what would happen with that um uh, yeah I really don't know lately we've been we've been getting a lot of bills with some ska bands which apparently is like really picking up out here um and that's I know a lot of our fans aren't really into the ska thing so they don't really turn out for that it's way better if we have a lineup where we're playing with bands that are more along the lines of what we're doing which I understand, you know, it's like I wouldn't, I'd be the same way. I am the same way. You know, if I see a build and it's like, well, I only want to see this band and I really don't like this other kind of music, I'm probably not going to show up, you know? Especially right. in my I always so. kind
0: of thought the punk thing was to keep an open mind and expose yourself to new things. I mean, I like no effects. I like you guys. I mean, I'm across the board. I mean, I listen to mainly punk, but I mean, I also have a broader horizon where I listen to other types of music too, obviously nobody's yeah yeah that's true
1: I I mean and I definitely yeah I totally agree with the open mind thing it's just like but but then again you like what you like you know if there's you know maybe you don't like disco or whatever so you know you wouldn't show up if you really don't want to listen to disco for the first couple hours you know (laughs) Um, right the uh but I see yeah I like I like diversity in the punk but I like there's certain kinds of sounds that I'm into and um so yeah I like I definitely like to see bands that are doing something different I just am not really, for me personally, I'm not really turned on by the stuff that Epitaph and those labels are putting out, you know.
2: Gotcha. Okay, boring, well. you know.
0: We've got eight minutes left. If we go a little bit over, that's fine. People can listen to the overture on the archives, but I do want to play um, your newest one before we get off live. I know you've got a couple now, of stories to tell. I've been trying yeah, to yeah, save the Walmart say. story for last. Oh, no, no. See, after this song, I want to hear about the lesbian clown. I've oh, wow. That's kind of a long story. story.
1: <laughs> okay, it's kind of a long one. I'll, I'll try and do it as fast as I can.
0: Okay, we'll listen to this song, and then we'll we'll hear about the lesbian clown. I, well, we've got a couple it. minutes. Um, what can we do, right. do in four minutes? The, Wal- the Walmart one the- is really short. Okay, let's do the Walmart one. What can I do what? Right now? Let's do the Walmart one. Can we do that in four minutes?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay, real quick. All right, so I was coming back from a show. It's like 3 a.m. So I was probably playing in L.A. or something, and I'm driving down San Diego, and uh, I, need, I, totally, I just realized, oh, man, i got to get groceries. And uh, so I, there's a 24-hour Walmart off the 79 in, exit in Temecula, and I go down there, and I'm going down the bread aisle, and I swear to you, it, they just finished, like, packing it because they, they're stocking the shelves. And I swear to you, I, you know, I turn around, and a full loaf of bread, Shot out from from the shelf, like four feet into the center of the aisle, like somebody come up behind and just smack the crap out of it, and it just lands there in the center of the aisle. And are you sure you won't so be there? Well, I I stood there like with my jaw dropped open. I'm like, what did I just see? You know, it didn't. I've seen things fall off shelves because of gravity, you know, or whatever. This was like someone smacked it hard, you know. So I go over and uh, I pick it up and I'm looking at it. I wasn't scared. I was just bewildered, and there's no strings on it or anything, and I, and I find the spot where it was. I slide it right back in there, nice and tight, and I'm looking behind there, and I thought maybe on the back side, maybe they'd push something in, you know, and there's no, there was a wall behind it.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I think the so, real question later, is, why did you not buy this bread? Maybe it had magical power. I know. It should have been a, I
1: know. It was probably a sign. Yeah, it was probably some kind of a sign, but lie. I should have bought it.
0: <laughs>
2: Maybe so later, I I, I, I I came back
1: around the aisle, and there was a lady there. She was, like, restocking the shelves because there was stuff on the floor. And I had to ask her. I said, so, uh, do you have many problems with the bread flying off the aisles here? I, and I thought she was going to look at me like I was crazy. And she just she didn't bat an eye, and she just looked at me, and she goes, oh, yeah, all the time. She said, and then I have to put it back. And she was so wow. totally straight-faced. And I told as I said I had to explain I said, Well, here's what just happened. I said, I was coming out of oh, aisle, I saw this loaf of bread shoot up. And she goes, Oh yeah, you're not the first customer to tell me that. She said it happens all the time. We think the place is haunted.
0: <laughs> no way. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have took yeah. that bread home.
1: I know, yeah. Yeah, and then uh told me another story. She said there was a time when uh Southern California Edison was doing a scheduled power outage, so they it's twenty four hour Walmart, but they had to um they closed it off to the public so they could stock the shelves with you know. There's no lights on it or anything. They just had flashlights. And she said she could hear kids running up and down the aisles next to her, laughing and giggling. Oh, <laughs> wow! No I hope she can't
0: Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's right. It, it's on a spot where there's like a historical building right next to it, and it's right by where the Butterfield Stagecoach used to go through. There's a street called Butterfield and a lot of Native yeah. American reservations out here and stuff. Being buried yeah.
0: around the whole bit, yeah,
1: yeah. or for the Pioneers or something, yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, well, we got five minutes live. I'm going to play Little Chinese Man. If you want to set this up for us, um, is this something that anybody in the public has heard yet, or is this an exclusive? No, this is
1: actually a debut, first-time world premiere debut, and uh, a lot of our songs are based on true stories, but this one, uh, and a lot of people find that hard to believe, but this one actually is not. This is completely made up out of my demented mind, and it mentions Morris Day and the Time in
0: there for the old people. (laughs) <laughs> got you something for Please. everybody all right this, yeah i'm sorry go ahead sweetheart no I, i'm play already let's go all right <laughs> little chinese man here we come All right, good stuff, little Chinese man. You heard it here first. Um, we got about a minute and a half. Are you, a, are you able to stick around a few minutes after the show and tell another story, Joey? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, real quick before the audience disappears on us, if you want to give us the punk aid information again and all the websites to keep this all fresh in everybody's head, yeah. Yeah,
1: punkaid.org. It's uh, $6, 117 killer punk bands. Um, Yeah, definitely go get that. And then we've got our website, narcolepticyouth.com, facebook.com forward slash narcolepticyouth. Um, That should get you going right
0: there. All righty. Sounds good. Um, For everybody listening, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you check us out on the archive. We'll have a little bit of overtime on there with a couple more stories. And as always, thank you for checking out Wednesday night, Musical Osmosis on the Ignorance Equation. And we got like, what, 10 seconds left? Can we go off the air? Uh, all right. So, Danielle, I know you want to hear a lesbian clown story, right? I, I do. I'm dying to hear anything about a lesbian clown. I think it's fabulous. Who doesn't like a good lesbian clown story, right? Okay, all right. So I don't want to meet the guy <laughs> that does not like a good lesbian clown Exactly. Story. I do not want to meet that son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's
1: something wrong with something wrong if you don't like a good lesbian clown story, right? And especially if it's got Billy Idol in it. Okay, so this, now, oh, yeah. like I just said, uh, that last song was completely made up. Little Chinese man buying a ticket to dance with this guy, and you're at Der Wiener Schnitzel, and he comes up, and that that one's completely made up. Now, this next story I'm going to tell you, we turned it into a song. A lot of people probably think it's totally made up, because it's so bizarre and out there, but it's 100% true. Um, we were we uh, we we're, were supposed to play in Las Vegas, and um like the day before or maybe even that day, our drummer called us up and said he was really sick with like the major flu and couldn't do it, so we had to cancel out and uh the rest of us were still pretty pumped to go binky our our old guitarist, and Jason and I, and we were like, well, let's just go out there anyway because we're all excited about going to vegas and so we were at um binky's apartment in riverside California, and um We were sitting there, and he was playing video games, and Jason and I were sitting on a couch, kind of right by the front door, and the front door was open, and Jason was playing um, the song "White Wedding" from Billy Idol. Love the song. uh, Yeah, he's playing the intro to that on the on the acoustic guitar, and all of a sudden we look over at the door, and there's a clown standing there, in full, you know the big rainbow wig and the big shoes and the whole outfit, makeup and everything. And Jason and I were just tripping out. We're like, oh, my God, we're going to die, you know? Like, this is like a horror movie or something. Why is there a clown standing at the door? Yeah, I mean that, yeah, that's what happens next. An axe comes out, and we all get chopped up. We're like, okay, what's going on? And the clown walks into the room, walks right past us, and goes over to Pinky. And we later find out it was a lady at the time. You know, you can't tell if it's a clown. You don't know if it's a man or a woman, but – it was a lady who happened to be a lesbian and anyway, um But she hands him a uh, cordless phone and a piece of paper with a phone number on it. And she goes, uh, his, his name's Steve. He goes, Steve, I, I need you to call these people and tell them I can't come today um, because um, just tell them that my mother died. And she goes, that's not really what happened. She says, actually, my friend's son committed suicide, and I need to be there to be with her but just tell him my, my mother died because he'll never believe the other story. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and, 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 and so he's got this piece of paper and the phone, and he looks at her, and he's like, you always come over here, you tell me, you know, you just don't want to go to work, you're an alcoholic, you just, uh, um, you know, you just want me to
0: do your dirty work because you don't want,
1: want to face up to the facts that, uh, you know, you can't handle your job and all this, and he, he goes, why can't you do something Isn't that for always the way like, with
0: lesbian clowns?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate to stereotype them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like – he goes, uh, y- you never – can't you
1: do something for yourself for once in your life? And he, he, like, shoves the phone and the paper back in her face, and he goes, sack up and be a man.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, and so she stomps out of the room. Thanks a lot, Steve. Right, she, she goes out of the room. And then Jason and I are looking at him going, what the hell just happened here, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's just so bizarre. So it's like I was in a Salvador Dali painting or something, you know? Right. And uh I'm like what, what is, what's going on? And he's like, ah, oh, she's this alcoholic who lives down the hallway, and she's always trying to get out of work for this. She just wants to go drink or something. And and they're like, okay, well, that's a little weird, you know? <laughs> hey, it's Riverside. Little. What you say? So, uh, yeah. of a clown. So that's the end of that part of the story. Now, that's a good enough story in itself because it's better. So. We ended up going out to Vegas, and uh, we're out in Vegas, and we were. it was a – I don't know if you've heard of the punk rock bowling thing, but this was a long time ago, one of their earlier yeah, punk rock And we're, so we're in a bowling alley out there, and we run into this friend of ours named Brad, and he, he had this girl with him who he was kind of like trying to get rid of, I think, because he was like three times as old as she was, and she was kind of hanging around him. And so he just kind of like pondered off on us, and he's like, oh, meet my friends Joey and Jason, you know, and he yeah. walked away. So we were hanging out with this girl who was local from Vegas and uh, she was tripping out cause she didn't know this was like the punk rock bowling weekend. And sh- she's seeing like, Oh, there's the guys from bad religion and there's the guys from no effects. And so she was totally in-, in awe, you know, but, um, so we we're hanging out with her and then we were getting kind of bored. So we're like, well, we're going to go back to the, to our motel, which was a really rotten place. with blood stains on the curtains and stuff. It's called the golden Palm oh. motel. And, uh, yeah, like someone got shot there or something. It was pretty bad. So anyway, um, we said, Hey, we'll check it out. We're, we're leaving. Um, you know, if you want to come hang out with us, you can, but, uh, we're going to take off and she didn't know who we were, but she ends up going with us and, um, uh, we could have been ax murderers ourselves, but, um, so we are in the, in the taxi cab going over to the uh, motel and Jason was in the back next to her. Cause I think he's trying to get his groove on, you know, and I was in the, in the middle seat and, um, and I, uh, I, I turned around and I was, telling them the, uh, I was telling her the story about what happened earlier. I said, uh, Yeah, so we were, check this out. This is what happened today. I go, We were, um, we were in Riverside before we left, and uh, this, this clown showed up at the door. And, oh, and I said, And I said, Jason was, was playing um, the Billy Idol song, White Wedding. And I said, You know, the one that goes, and I swear to you, right when I said it, it came on the radio in the taxi.
2: Oh, no way. Like,
1: like, like, note for note, note for note, just like I said, it, you know. And um, and Jason and I just, were just staring at each other like, whoa, this is really weird, you know. And um, she didn't get it because she was, like, <laughs> too young to understand. If you would have had the haunted like,
0: bread with you, it would have been perfect. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, that came much later. That was, that was years later. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we said, yeah, this song that's being played right now that hasn't been played in like 10 years and just happened to come on right when I'm telling the story, you know. So I ended up writing a song about the whole incident, you know. And um, when we went to record it, the story continues. We go to the recording studio. And when we opened up the door of the recording studio, the first thing I saw when I opened the door is a giant poster of Billy Idol.
0: No
1: way! Yeah, and I go. I said, I go, Jason. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> I go, Check this out. He comes around the corner. He's like, Whoa! <laughs> so we go in the Does studio, the and it turns start out. with that riff. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. No, but but we we uh, we're in the studio. and We start. There's pictures of Billy Idol all over the studio, and apparently he had recorded with the same engineer that, that owned the place or something like that. There's all these like you know gold albums, platinum albums, pictures of him behind the the mixing board and all this stuff. And, uh, so anyway, that was really weird. And then on this EP that we did, it's, it's on a, the song is called black 11. It's on a, a CD we did called uh, something old, something new, something borrowed. And, right. uh, anyway, the, um, the, uh, I, one of the songs we did, one of the borrowed songs we did was bullet by the misfits. And so when I was in the vocal booth doing that track, um, the song is about, uh, the Kennedy assassination, right? And I look over on the wall, and there's a picture of JFK in the car in Dallas, like right before he was shot. Oh, wild. And the, la- the- here's the end of the story. Um, when it was all said and done, the final master of this album was done by uh, East Bay Ray of the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> so there ah, you go.
0: <laughs> full circle. Wow. You know what I'm, circle, hearing, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm hearing, I'm hearing a narcoleptic uh, Dead go. Kennedys. <laughs> Bill Billy Idol, Billy Idol. Tour with <laughs> lesbian clowns in the audience.
1: That's genius. And, and and free bread. Yeah, free
0: bread. Free yes. bread. And yes. free tuna fish sandwiches made on haunted Walmart bread. That's right about <laughs> <of the laughs> Walmart bread. And it's now a haunted awesome. Walmart bread tour. Yes. <laughs> That's genius. <definitely>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
0: Let's get to work on that. But it's hundred. 100- I can't. I couldn't
1: make that story up. It's a hundred percent true. You know, God, that the is best wild. ones
0: always are. Um, you got, I've got time a great for one more story? I mean, what's that? You got time for one more story? I know you got a dropkick Murphy story at the Excalibur too. You wanted to do?
1: Oh, another Vegas story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that one. Um, well, it wasn't really about them, but yeah, we were, we did a night with them and and the business in Corona at the Showcase, and then the second night was supposed to be in Las Vegas or Henderson, which is right next to Las Vegas. Anyway, so we get out there and. uh, we're setting up and um this uh there was like hardly anybody there they ended up not showing and we were getting heckled the whole time which is kind of funny cuz like in your intro you said this was before the time of uh, of uh, myspace and you know music downloads and all this wow. the people there had never heard us i guarantee you know the, and they were they were saying like you guys suck go back to california
2: <laughs>
1: and uh and they never even heard us we hadn't even started playing yet and so we were kind of wow. like so we were we were kind of, and they were all hiding in the shadows in the back of the club There's there were only like 10 people there. And they, they were all like talking smack about us because we were from California. I guess they have a problem with that. But anyway, um, you sound like Green Day. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. Um, so we started kind of heckling back. We'd play some covers like The Damned or The Addicts. And I knew these guys didn't know anything about punk. They, they kept calling for uh, saying, we want uh, the Dropkick Murphys. We want the Dropkick Murphys. And they had no idea who the business was. Um, and so we'd play like, uh, neat, neat, neat by the dam. And I'm like, okay, can any of you say, tell me who, who wrote this song, you know, and just kind of coming back at them because they were so punk rock, you know, but they didn't know any, any of that stuff. So anyway, I, we had to get out of there as soon as we were done. Cause it, we found out that uh, the business and dropkick Murphys didn't even show up. And so that was kind of the last thing we said it was like, Hey, guess what? Joke's on you. Cause uh, you know, we were your entertainment for tonight.
0: The,
1: the other two bands couldn't even find this place <laughs> on the this podunk. One horse town, you know, and uh, they're not even here. So have fun getting your money back, you know. <laughs> so we went out, we, we grabbed there, we grabbed the vodka from the the rider contract for the the business or whatever, and we <laughs> took off to Vegas. So we're we're in Vegas and uh, we're in Excalibur, and uh, we're just minding our own business, really. We we're you know goofing around, but we weren't h- hurting anybody. And uh, these um, these two preppy guys come walking by and said something to our old bass player Pep about it leather jacket. He's got like, you know, punk rocker spiked leather jacket with stuff painted on it and like, hey, nice jacket, faggot or something like that. And he just ignored them because we weren't looking for trouble, you know, and they just went on their way. Then they got these guys came back by again and they said the same thing again. So finally he said something back like to one of them about his suede jacket. Yeah, nice jacket, bag, or something, you know. And so there's a little confrontation with words there. Well, these guys, these two preppy dudes, they must have thought there was only like two or three of us Standing there because they couldn't see around the corner, there were a couple other guys with us, who have uh, three of them happened to be like skinheads from this group that's uh, not not these skinheads, but you know just traditional skinheads. Right. Uh, but you know they like to fight, you know. <laughs> so anyway, they these guys that were with us didn't even um, they didn't know how big these guys were. They could have been six foot five NFL linebackers for all they knew. They didn't care. They they just heard there was a confrontation. They were like, all right, let's go. So these guys, these three guys come flying around the corner and uh, running full speed, and they jump up in the air, and they, they're doing karate kicks on these two preppy guys. <laughs> and and we're just standing there like, this all happened so fast. The rest of us just had our mouths open like, what's going on, you know? And next thing <laughs> you know, there's this big brawl in, in uh, Excalibur, and these guys are just punching them out and just wailing on these two preppy guys. And then at one point, this giant gumball machine full of gumballs gets knocked over crashes, gumballs go all over the floor, um, oh. and these guys are still going at it. The lady in the and in like the little trinket out of shop... Like, rock the way. and
0: roll high school with the Ramones. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah like or, or what's straight the, out of like that kind of movie, or Suburbia, or, or something. Yeah, or, 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 or that movie Hangover. You know? <laughs> it's
1: like, it's like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> um, and so, the lady in the little trinket shop, it's like 3 a.m., she's like, boys, boys, stop it. You know? And then somebody one of them threw one of the guys into this like one of those knights in armor you know that they have like just standing there that thing hit a glass uh wall totally shattered this whole glass wall comes flying down just shatters into pieces okay so we're like we're thinking okay there's cameras everywhere we're like we got to get out of here you know and um so we're just kind of watching this whole thing going what's going on and uh our buddy our roadie mike he starts checking all they had these like in the hallway it had these fake doors, um, uh, like facade doors, you know, just, you, you can't open them. It's just a door handle and it looks like a door and he's going through gotcha. and he's trying all these door models and all of a sudden he finds one that opens. It was a real door. And he's like, come on. <laughs> so we go into the door. We don't know what we're inside the hotel. We don't know where we are. We go down in this hallway, open up this, another door. We're in the kitchen of the Excalibur hotel.
2: <laughs> There's
1: like, Five punk rockers in the kitchen of the Excalibur Hotel, and, we're, and we go, um, we see the guys behind there. Luckily, like, I don't know if it was me or my buddy, Michael, I spoke a little Spanish. I'm like, we're like, don't de esta el casino, you know. <laughs> <And> they pointed <laughs> to the exit, you know. So we were running through the kitchen, and then we uh, we got out, and I guess the other guys that were in the fight, somehow they got off. I don't know. They they didn't do anything to them. But it was totally like that story from the Dave Kennedys um Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death where – the guys are throwing rocks at Jello, and and at the end they're like a, they're apologizing to the guy that was throwing rocks, you know. The cops are, and it was all kind right. of like that. They're like, the hotel was like, "Would you like us to comp your rooms to the to these two preppy guys?" You know, like we're so sorry you had to deal with these hooligans, and you know we weren't looking for any trouble at all. They totally started the whole thing, but um, anyway, uh, so we were outside and um, we kind of got lost from each other, and so we figured out. Somebody went inside the hotel and we started calling each other on the intercom system, paging each other like uh with our names like uh, Johnny Cat Scabies, we your party is looking for you at the front desk.
2: <laughs> Binky
1: the yell if you're wanted at uh, the front door. <laughs> so that's how we got back together. So, yeah, so anyway, that was the end of that. But another fun night. In yeah, Vegas. last
0: time I was in Vegas, a girl <laughs> fell down the escalator pissed drunk and like laid on the floor like uh. And I'm like, you know, when you watch Casino, if you get out of fucking, like, if you take an extra roll from a buffet, Robert fucking De Niro buries you in a day. <laughs> but every time yeah. I been in a casino, it's like pandemonium. You can do whatever the hell you want. There's no security <laughs> at all.
2: Yeah. So I think that's yeah, I don't know how example it, of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was really late at this time. I mean, it was it was pretty empty. The shops basically closed except for the, the one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a crazy night. <laughs>
0: All
2: right,
0: another go. wild Vegas well, um, I want to thank you for coming on. We are going way into overtime. Uh, like I said, I want to thank you for coming on. I hope you'll come back when the album's released.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just uh, you, you got my number.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll play some more new stuff. I'm going to play one more song going out. I will let you pick. I wanted to play either Dear John or Cocktail Sword. Your choice.
1: Oh, gosh. You know what? Speaking of Vegas, let's do Cocktail Sort because uh, that song was actually – I started writing that song on a Vegas trip.
0: <laughs> right on. All righty. This is um, Nick, the Saucy One Catsaurus. This has been Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis. I do want to thank my guest tonight, Joey Bondage from Narcoleptic Youth. It has been a joy, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. I will definitely try to get the word out about Punk Aid and pick up one of the albums myself.
1: Right on. Thank you.
0: All right, here comes Cocktail Sword. I want to thank you guys, and you guys have a good night.